Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hour two of our five-hour conversation each and every morning. Austin's only local sports conversation. We bring it to you on 101.9 on AM 1260. We stream it on the Horn app. Also uh, at hornfm.com. At that website, you can watch the Twitch channel and also watch on YouTube at the Horn Austin on YouTube. Uh, good, good stuff coming from the South Austin Onion Creek Studios. Once again, getting some reports that on YouTube and on the Twitch, the, uh, the octaves of our voice is a little lower. There, I'm going to figure out the audio. Oh, sounds screwed up, huh? I am dealing with a little bit of a uh, of a throat thing, Rod. A little little oh, stuffy today. That's all right. You know what? You played for Show me. Must go on. You played for me the other day. The Nate Bargazzi, and for our audience, the Nate Bargazzi stand-up bit where he talked about his dad. That was uh, fantastic. But then I saw him doing one. I don't know if this was the one you played, but it talked about how he uh, he, he was addicted to Afrin. Nose spray? No, but I've seen heard that, that one? one. Yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> so I yeah. saw that, and then, because I guess once you start watching Nate Bargazzi, it starts showing up in your feed, I guess. You know how they yeah. do that, the algorithm. And so I saw that, and I was laughing, because uh, you know, his dad has been addicted to Afrin for 45 years or something. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I've never used that. So I yesterday, that. I was a little stuffed up. Oh, yeah. Went by the HEB and bought some Afrin. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? Uh, it actually works. Works good. Oh, yeah. That's why people get addicted to it. I've never used it before. It works, yeah. Before people... 50 years old. Oh, yeah, man. They, they... Afrin nasal spray. I was always oh, – I used to have like a, an aversion to spraying things in my nose. I don't know what – they made me well, – Some people don't like stuff up their nose. Yeah, like man. I get it. I understand. Yeah. yeah. None of that no, nose candy, it's, Rod. It's <laughs> No, Afrin is the, the, the good kind of nose candy. Is no, that right? That is. No, I know my dad used to use it all the time. I've used it a few times too. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't necessarily like it, but I know people who use it too much because I think on the box it says. Yeah, but no more than three or four days. Yeah, and that's kind of what he said. His dad was using it for like 14, like 40 years or something. Like that. Yeah, that can't be good. And he's like, she just wasn't using it, <laughs> wasn't using it that much. You, you might know? have a bigger problem. Yeah, that's where he starts to well, bid let's off. Let's get that. Fix. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So, yes, props to Nate Bargazzi and for you for introducing me to him. So that oh, now I'm, I'm feeling better. Because the key is if you get just a little you know, tiny head cold, it's not anything big. But oh, at yeah. the same time, you gotta, if, you, if you do our job and you got to talk for five hours, yeah. you also need to sleep. And if I get stuffed up, then you can't sleep, can't sleep. good. And then yeah. it just kind of compounds itself. Yeah. And, and you need sleep for your immune system. Yes. To do the work. If you, don't get, if you ain't getting no sleep when you're sick, then your immune system is also compromised. Yes. It's not operating at its best, uh, highest capacity. Right. Yeah. And then if yeah. you get stuffed up, then you're not sleeping good. You're coughing and waking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Afrin allowed me to get a good night's sleep, which is a good yes. thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So thank you to the, the Afrin hey. people. Hey, don't get addicted, though. No, I will not. I'm going to have this one little bottle, and that'll be it. Yeah. Put it to the side. Some people, they, they're not even sick anymore. They just do it in the morning, getting up, like brush your teeth, wash your face. Really? Afrin. Oh, some people just. It's kind of like what they do. Yeah, they just, it's like, nah, that's not supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to try to breathe naturally on your own without the effort. So. 
There you go. Uh, we'll get Rod's first rant of a Tuesday coming up. <laughs> Some uh, people are addicted right now. Like, damn it, I do it every morning. Like, no, don't do it. Don't do it every morning. It can't be good. Can't be good. Need to talk to your doing doctor everything that. in moderation. That's everything. That's Inclu- right. Including moderation. <laughs> everything in moderation. Yes, yes sir. All right, uh, let's get to the uh, trending topics to start your Tuesday. The top stories, and there are plenty of them. Top Gun Reynolds and a lot of equipment bring you the news. And yeah, Texas football sitting at 8-1, and one, number 7 in the college football playoff rankings. New rankings are out tonight. And they are sitting atop the Big 12 at 5-1, and one, tied with Oklahoma State with three games remaining in the regular season. And at his weekly Monday news conference yesterday, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian said he was pleased, very pleased, with his team's physicality and toughness this past Saturday in the win over K-State, but also frustrated with their self-inflicted wounds that allowed the Wildcats to come back from 20 points down late in the third quarter and actually take the game to overtime. Uh, Ten penalties, three turnovers, a failed fourth down attempt, a blocked punt, all made the game a lot closer than it needed to be. Longhorns were fortunate to win. Coach Sark urged, uh, though, to keep the latest win in perspective. We just went and beat a top 25 team that's the number one defense in our conference and had almost 500 yards of offense and scored 33 points with our backup quarterback, with our backup right tackle in the game. When our starting left tackle went out and we had to move our starting left guard to left tackle. So just look at that from a, from that perspective and think about some of the stuff we've had to go through defensively. You know, we, we didn't have two safeties last game with Catalan and Crawford out. You know, Ethan Burke's coming back off an injury. You know, Jade was down there for a minute. Ryan Watts was out for a minute. But we're, we have enough depth on our team to put guys in position and they can play, you know, good football for us to, to overcome. Stark also encouraged that his team may be getting healthy for the stretch run. He said yesterday at their Monday practice, everyone on their two-deep practice, at least, was out there, including starting safeties Jalen Catalan and Keaton Crawford, who missed last week's game, as well, as did right tackle Christian Jones. He was out there yesterday as well. Sark said it's the first time in a month or so that everyone's went out there to start the week. Also from college football, trouble coming in Ann Arbor, it appears. Second-ranked Michigan prepping for their showdown game at Penn State Saturday. Yesterday, the Big Ten Conference formally notified the school that they could face disciplinary action from the league. Conference is required to send a letter in the event that it becomes clear that an institution is likely to face disciplinary action. The letter alludes to evidence of illegal sign stealing, which compromises the principles of the Big Ten's sportsmanship policy. College Hoops last night, Longhorns roll pass Incarnate Warrior to start their season 88-56. A trio of transfers led the way for Texas. Newcomers Caden Shedrick, Ethel Horton, and Max Aismas led Rodney Terry's Longhorns to the win. Uh, Horton, the UCF transfer, had 17 points to lead the way. Hit three threes. Shedrick, the 6'11 Virginia transfer, had a big impact. Played just 11 minutes, but had 12 points. Grabbed five boards, blocked three shots. Aismas scored 12 for the Longhorns. They'll host Delaware State on Friday night. Texas women will open their season Wednesday hosting Southern. Uh, NFL Monday Night Football, a route to wrap up Week 9. 27-6 beatdown. Chargers over the Jets. Darius Davis, the former TCU star, had an 87-yard punt return. Austin Eckler scored a pair of touchdowns, and the Jets' bumbling offense could do nothing against the Chargers' D. Busy night in the NBA, 12-game card. Included all three Texas teams. Indiana, how about this score? Routed the Spurs. Pacers win at 152-111. to Mavericks continue their hot start to the season. They beat Orlando in Orlando. Uh, they've won six of their first seven. Houston, even their early market, 3-3. Three and three, They beat Sacramento. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. We brought this up earlier. Uh, looks like Quinn Ewers is dropping some hints on social media that he's going to be ready to go. Uh, we know Sark said he's throwing the football. Everybody practiced. Actually, shout out to my man Jerry Hamilton over at Inside Texas. He said that he had sources that said last week that he was casually 
just kind of casually, you know, throwing it out there a little bit, throwing some throwing some footballs. Very casual, not that practice, not just, you know, I mean, kind of on his own. Um, and last night he put out a post on social media with a uh, Merle Haggard lyric saying, uh, so turn me loose, set me free, with a picture of him uh, at the line of scrimmage um, in uniform, ready to roll. So, uh Maybe he's just excited that he's back practicing, or maybe he's trying to tell us that, you know, with the struggles the young quarterback Malik Murphy has had taking care of the football recently, that maybe they've decided to expedite his timeline a little bit. And even though maybe they thought, if, you know, maybe Malik Murphy was has, was establishing a better baseline of consistency. Not saying he hasn't please played terrible or anything like that. He's a young player. He's had growing pains, um, but the, the the turnovers are have been a big issue. And maybe they are trying to, you know, uh, I could say speed up the timeline just a tad. And now he's day-to-day just in case they don't trust that Malik's going to be improving drastically well, I think from start gets, two to start three. I mean, I think it gets to the point, Rod, where if, he, if, he's, if it wasn't, um, you know, major where it needed any type of surgery and it's just about healing and then, you know, how much pain tolerance does he have? I mean, if he can rip it and uh, feels comfortable doing so and it's not you're not risking further injury, obviously anytime you're on the field he could get hit and tackled and it, it re-injures it himself. But at the same time, if just being out there playing, uh, tolerate it. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks do that. We've seen players do that. Uh, you just get out there and play. Now, again, he has an NFL future. I know he's got uh, his parents and his family and people yep. around him that are going to advise him. Same time, this is, this is the opportunity, right, uh, as you're getting healthier, we just mentioned. Uh, you, you know, he's watched Malik Murphy struggle, and I'm sure he can relate to what he's seeing Malik struggle with, just like he did last year. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I'm assuming the competitor that he is, the John Wick mentality, he'd like to get out there just as soon as he can. So we'll keep an eye on that as the week goes. And it's going to come down to, you know, how does he I – mean, because now if you, if you go from week to week to now day to day, according to Sark, well, you know, he's, it's Monday. He could be now yep. Tuesday by Friday. Never know. I mean, Never he know. might be zipping the ball around out there and uh, feeling better because he's taking the rehab and doing the, the uh, medical things and the training things, you know, after practice. And uh, that's how you react to it. Same time, that is encouraging that maybe he's pushing. No, I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think if Malik was, I think if he had seen a drastic improvement from week one to start one to start two for him, uh, then maybe we wouldn't be hearing. You know, about these reports about Quinn. Maybe we would. Maybe not. You know, I mean, who knows? Um, but I think there's a sense of urgency now. Um, that he get back and probably a sense of urgency to get Arch ready to go. And this is nothing against Malik, by the way. Um, I think the assumption is, is like Sark said, there are growing pains with Malik. He's going to learn. He's going to get better. We saw these growing pains, by the way, with Quinn <laughs> last season. And I think Sark's going to stick with his young quarterback, and he likes the way he bounced back and made some clutch throws uh, in clutch time. But he was he – was, erratic all right after that interception for most of the game and the turnovers we all agree in any form whether it be a block pun or turnover on downs or an actual uh takeaway by the defense that's why k-state was in that game and it wasn't a blowout so just in case all right because you're a coach you got to prepare for the worst contingency plans just in case you're a young quarterback on the road by the way all right, because he hadn't played on the road. Both of his first two starts have been at home. In case on the road he has a different reaction or response to that hostile environment, or if the, the turnovers continue or maybe the turnovers get even worse at a more frequent weight, if that happens, then you got to be ready to make a move, and maybe that move is, all right, Quinn's ready to go. Quinn's suited up. He's practiced. Let's put Quinn out there. Or it's, all right, Quinn's not ready to go. Maybe we need to pivot to Arch. That's if Malik has kind of some meltdown. I don't anticipate that happening, but as a coach, 
you have to be prepared for that potential outcome. For sure. You just have to. Because if, if he had drastically improved from start one to start two, you wouldn't have to worry about that. But you didn't really get that, and he could improve or he could derail and go off the tracks, and you have to be prepared for the latter in case it happens. Agreed. 100%. Hopefully, hopefully that he, that he improves, of course. Says, hey, guys, has Quinn been told to slide on runs going forward? Yes, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Now uh, he, he better. <laughs> hopefully so. Uh, but he, by all accounts, the injury to his right shoulder didn't happen on the big hit he took from the linebacker. happened on a sack on, uh, previously on that drive. But either way, yes, he needs to get down. Hurt that linebacker on that. Remember he hurt, yeah, he locked him out. The linebacker stayed out there, too, for longer than Quinn did. Quinn hopped up. Yeah, that probably wasn't the smartest move, though. All right, now I'm getting the advice from our texters, and we do appreciate it. It says, don't use the Afrini for more than two days. Afrin is not good for you. Don't be, uh, go beyond one or two days. See? It can uh, ruin and destroy your nose yeah. and your nasal cavity. See? Yeah, yeah see? don't get addicted to I it. I won't. I'm, I'll be good about that. Yeah. I, but it did help me get a good night's sleep last night, and I, I can already feel myself. I got the, what is it, the, the little, uh, the, it shortens a cold. Um, I bought a little bit of that. Oh, okay. And then uh, the Afrin. So I could there sleep you go. There. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. It's uh, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of overload. You got to overload and try to you know with some of the the remedies and try to knock it out quick. Knock it. Yeah, that's you right. Try to knock it out quick. That's, you don't yeah. you don't want it to fester. You want it to knock yeah, it worse. out. worse. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go at it because uh, again, if you don't, then if I don't get good, good sleep, then I'll be gr- cranky and. Oh yeah, man. Uh, come on, I mean, nobody wants cranky. Let's get to uh, the, the <laughs> Rod's rant, the first of a couple this morning. Uh, let's uh, let's crank it up. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I want to talk about the Cowboys' loss to the Eagles because, you know, this usually happens after a big game for the Cowboys, especially after a big loss for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are looking for Cowboys fans are looking for someone to blame. Uh, when you have Dak, who played a great game um, in in that uh, in that game versus the Eagles, and you got that big Dak energy, oftentimes it's an easy, <laughs> uh, you know blame game for Cowboys fans because they just blame Dak. I mean, it's got to be Dak's fault. Cowboys didn't play well. Uh, Must have been on Dak, right? Dak's not playing well, but Dak actually performed really well, and Dak was, you know, and some people still probably put this on Dak. I don't put this loss on Dak. I think the Cowboys got other issues, and it's got nothing to really do with Dak Prescott, or even to do with the passing game right now. Um, I think the Cowboys' issues, and, and we've talked about it, and he's talked about it too, is largely due to their inability to be able to run the football and their identity in the running game. We just don't know who they are on the ground. Maybe that's because of Tony Pollard's injury. Maybe it's because of the offensive line. And if I'm pointing fingers, uh, you know, that's the reason why the Cowboys lost that game uh, versus Eagles 28-23. to And like I said, Dak wasn't the reason. Three touchdowns, 374 yards, 115 pass ready. Dak was awesome. As a matter of fact, Dak right now leads the uh, – he leads the NFL – in pass rating on third down, I know, yeah, 118.7. Uh, completion percentage uh, on third down, 75.4%. And yards per attempt on on third down, yeah, which is 9.7. So Dak's, Dak's, Dak's actually been playing really well, especially the last three weeks or so. He's really finding his groove. And after the bye week, Cowboys really found a way to juice the passing game, mostly just – 
giving the ball to CeeDee Lamb more. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, last three games, 30 receptions, 466 yards, uh, 18 uh, receptions of 15-plus yards, two touchdowns. He's been a monster in the last three games, and the Cowboys have figured out, you know what, we got to feed CeeDee, got to give him the football more. So, really, the Cowboys' issues right now, I think, are going to be focused in a couple of areas. Their issues are now on the O-line. That relates to the running game. Also, we don't know what's going on personnel-wise with the back with the uh, backfield with Tony Pollard because I think he right now is, I don't know. I, I think he, I don't know if he's still injured, but he's definitely not as explosive as he was last year. So I still think he's recovering from the injury um, and still trying to, you know, get back to that explosive potential that he had as a running back. But maybe it was, and I brought this up, you know, last week too. You know, he, he's, he was a complimentary piece last year. And, you know, Zeke was the focal point. And I, even though the Cowboys decided to increase his usage and his load, I do wonder coming off the injury. I don't think – I think he could handle a workload of being a main course, you know, bell cow running back if he wasn't coming off a significant injury, the most significant injury he's had as a pro. I think he could handle it. But I think both of those uh, components, both of those factors – are really leading to the regression we've seen from him. And here's the regression because this is why a lot of y'all picked Tony Pollard on y'all's fantasy team. Last season, he was ranked first in yards after contact per touch, second in explosive play rate, and 18th in forced missed tackles per touch, which is still one of the high numbers. This season, those numbers have dropped to 28th, 20th, and 33rd. So he is just not the same back right now as he was. And like I said, a lot of it could just be usage. He's getting a lot more usage than he was as the bell car running back, but I think it's both usage and the injury. But last game versus Philly, not only was the running game non-existent because I think we're still dealing with Pollard's issues as for the reasons why he regressed, the offensive line has probably looked as bad as we've seen them in a long time, mainly Terrence Steele. I'll give you a Terrence Steele stat that's just mind-blowing. In that game versus the Eagles, this is easily the worst game Terrence Steele's ever played as a pro. It's got to be. If he's had a game worse than this, and I don't want to see it. Um, Terrence Steele allowed 12 pressures in a game versus the Eagles, seven quarterback hurries, and four sacks. He had a pass-blocking grade from pro football focus of 15. 15, 15. Well, on the big sack, he gave up uh, late in the game from the six-yard oh, line. Actually, brutal. from the 11-yard line, because he had a five-yard penalty. But then that sack, you know, it killed the Cowboys. Brutal. And he, th- that was Josh Sweat. Oh, it, it, yeah. So he, he right now in the season now with those 12 pressures allowed versus Philly, has allowed 28 pressures on the season. Uh, yeah, his regression also needs to be tracked, and the Cowboys got to figure out what's going on with Terrence Steele. They might need to invest in a new right tackle. I have no idea what's going on. Didn't they sign him? Huh? Yeah, I know. So I'm like, I'm like, what's going on with Terry Steele with that? And maybe it's just the Philadelphia Eagles it's that good. So I think the lack of running game is the O-line. There's a regression on the O-line, not entirely, because Tyron Smith is still playing at a high level. Um, you know, obviously he's old, so you got to deal with injury there. But Tyler Smith, 
he's man, he he killed it in that game versus the Eagles. He was awesome. He he matched up against Jalen Carter several times. Actually, thirteen snaps, only allowed one pressure. Jalen Carter is a a load. Right, he's a handful to deal with. He only allowed two pressures the entire game versus that Eagles front, um, and that's a three point three percent pressure rate. That was the lowest among left guards in all of the NFL. So he was great. Tyron Smith is good. You know, you got Zach Martin, who's an also It's it's actually just a couple of areas of that offensive line that are underachieving right now, and I think that's hurting the Cowboys too. And the Cowboys have the same issue as the Longhorns. The red zone offense is dreadful. Cowboys red zone offense, touchdown percentage, 29th out of 32 teams, and their goal-to-go touchdown percentage, 31st. 31st in goal-to-go touchdown percentage and 29th in uh, touchdown percentage in the red zone. That has got to change. And the strange thing is, and that I, it, this might be Dak-related, if you go outside the red zone, Dak's completion percentage is 73%. Uh, inside the red zone, it drops to 57%. So he's actually uh, the he actually is leading the NFL in touch. Sorry, in completion percentage outside the red zone, but he's 16th in red zone completion percentage. Uh, so something about the schematics of the offense I think needs to change when they get into the red zone. Remember last season, the Cowboys were number one basically in red zone offense, one of the top red zone offenses in, in the uh, NFL, and now they're hovering around 29th overall. Well, and that's also bad, the, the level of bad fortune, right? Uh, you know, Luke, Shoemaker falls down at the inch line. That I mean, uh, Dak Prescott by an inch goes out of bounds. I mean, those are – those are tough, but yeah, the numbers are the numbers. And the best thing for Dallas coming out of Rod's rant is they do have three very winnable games here, right? They can, you know, if there are three games where you feel like your defense can can suffocate a team and you can work on the run game and you can try to work in a different right tackle if you need to or get, you know, what, what, is, what does Bobby Knight say about, uh, you know, oh, performance, right? Yeah, the mo- uh, best motivator is ass on bench, right? Ass on bench. Ass on bench, man. You know, if you, if you give yeah. up in a big game like that, if you get dominated to that level, Ooh. you might have to put ass on bench. Uh, if you're Terrence Steele and light a fire because you need more from him. But, again, you're playing the Giants, Carolina, and then Washington. Now, Washington just beat the New England Patriots in New England, so that's going to be the toughest of those games. But with, with, with your Giants now without uh, Daniel Jones for the rest of the year, and Carolina is a one-win team. Yep. Uh, their defense should be able to just – and special teams can suffocate you out and win you that game. So maybe these are a couple of games ahead of Thanksgiving where you're going to – and Washington always plays Dallas tough. It's a Thanksgiving game. These, two, these next two games, I'll say, Rod – you know, work on the run game. I mean, really I dedicate you yourself that. to it. Yeah. Because that would be my, my point. Because when you come out of the, the Thanksgiving game stretch, I've told you, Cowboys are playing Seattle and then, you know, Miami yeah. and Philadelphia and, and Detroit. And, I mean, it's just – That won't be any side of the world going to yeah. anything. Yeah. That's where you need it. You uh, and I would argue, you know, December football, you've got to be able to run the ball. Yep. And, you know, at this point, it's, you can point fingers about not making a trade for Derrick Henry or not going and getting a running back, uh, not drafting a running back, not signing a running back in free agency and believing in your guys. But at the same time, at this point, you got to go with it. And you got to work on it. Uh, yeah. You got to get it better because I think they did work on the passing game in the bye week, and we've seen they the results. Did. Dak's been great since the bye week. CD and CD's been arguably best receiver in football has <laughs> two or three games. That's how well he's playing. So I'm with you on the end. You know, Tony Pollard. He is, I believe, right now he has the the record. I don't know if it's a record. But he has the most consecutive touches in the NFL without a touchdown. So yeah. the Cowboys aren't weaponizing him. They aren't doing him any favors. I think the injury is, hurt, is hurting him. I think the O-line a little bit, that's working. So I'm with you. I think work on the running game while you have a chance to. And you remember last season it was – what was it? Uh, what's the name of their former running back coach? Was it Skip? Skip, Skip, Skip Pete. Pete. Skip Pete. Famously, I remember he said 
about Tony Pollard. He said, when you make him a bell call running back, because he was asked about it several times, and he always rejected the notion. And I don't think he's there anymore, but he said the juice isn't the same, and he's not as quick, not as fast. He said when he has that, had that long run uh, against the Bears, he was talking about a couple of seasons ago, he said as soon as he got to the sideline, he said, Coach, I'm done. I'm done for the game. I got no more. Some guys are race cars. Some guys are high-quality, expensive sedans. Those sedans can go forever and for a long distance at a very high rate where race cars can go very fast and quick, and then they run out of gas. I've always just felt that that position, you've got to have two guys that are quality backs that can help each other, bounce off each other, and it helps that their running styles are a little bit different. I think the Cowboys are missing that change of pace. That's their running backs, Coach? That was, that was, that was Skip Pete back then. Like when he did he the mention Cowboys. that to Jerry Jones at any point? I'm sure he did. <laughs> but I think this is what you were talking hey, about, why you, why you wanted Derrick Henry there, why some people said keep Zeke or even go give Zeke again. Ty, Ty said keep Zeke. Yeah, Ty said keep Zeke. But you do need a change of pace because he can't be – I think the bell cow thing ain't working for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I watched this past week. I didn't watch because the Bears are bad. But Deontay Foreman had like 20 carries for oh, 85 yards. I mean, wouldn't on, he be man. the perfect compliment? Perfect And compliment. you could have got him for a song. Oh. All right, we'll come back. You no know, more finger pointing. Cowboys, we're, we're trying to be positive. Get yes. better in the run game. Get better. But you can't just go find players now. And you hope, go with what you got. And hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> uh, coming back, Longhorn Hoops opened their season last night. Get your thoughts. Pretty good crowd on hand to see the Longhorns uh, debut at the Moody Center. We'll get a quick recap of that. Also, Bullish and BS before the end of the hour. We roll on. Our five-hour morning conversation continues on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Longhorns are 1-0 in basketball after last night down at the Moody Center. Longhorns were a 31-point favorite, so mismatch to start the season. But, man, it was uh, good to see our first chance to see some of the new-look Longhorns in uh, paying dividends. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Theo Horton is a guy that got in from Central Florida through the portal. He scored 17 points to lead the way last night, Rod. Had five rebounds as well. He's a sharpshooter. He's got a real smooth stroke. Uh, got some height to him, about 6'4". Uh, he's going to be a good player. Uh, the backcourt, Max Aismas and Tyrese Hunter combined for 23 points and seven or eight assists. You'll take that, take uh, that. for sure. And I thought the one guy that really stood out, and uh, Longhorn fans who went to this game or watched it can, can weigh in, uh, two guys actually, uh, Caden Shedrick, Shedrick yeah. and Zarek Onyema. Uh, those two big bodies. Remember, they're going to get Dylan DeSue back as well. But uh, Caden Shedrick came in, and he had just been cleared to play. He's been dealing with some shoulder issues. Yeah, you saw him, maybe saw him with the brace on his shoulder. He played 11 minutes, Rod, and 11 minutes on the floor. Kate Shedrick had 12 points. He made three for three from the floor. He went to the line seven times, made six free throws, grabbed five rebounds, and blocked three shots. And I was noting, because we've already known when he was at Virginia, he was more of a rim protector mm-hmm. in that low-scoring offense that Tony Bennett features. He came to Texas. He wants to flash his offensive game more and develop it. But, man, he showed both. Because in, in 11 minutes to grab five boards and block three shots, I mean, uh, again, it's against an incarnate word, but that was nice to see. I saw him block a shot with his right hand. He also blocked a shot with his left hand, uh, which shows he's a little bit ambidextrous. Really good-looking athlete. He's 6'11". Versatile. That's something Texas didn't have last year, Rod. Yeah. They, didn't, you know, they were height-challenged at times because their tallest player was, I mean, two reasons. One, I mean, D- D- Dylan DeSue was their tallest guy. He or Christian Bishop, and they were about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, right? And then, you know, T- Timmy Allen was kind of an undersized three, uh, who yeah. was six four, six five, but he he did get taken taken advantage of by by longer people uh, when they got to try to, to move him into the pivot. 
this is a nice mix. When they get Desu back to go with the uh, kind of the junkyard dog on Yema to go with Caden Shedrick, a very versatile big, uh, that's a good front line. And we know that the strength of the team is probably the backcourt. Yeah. So that's that's a good combination. We got to see with our own eyes for the first time. That was a remnant of kind of the Chris Beard roster construction, right? He, he his roster he didn't really positionless need, foot basketball. Yeah, he didn't he didn't need like a true big man. Um, if he had one, it's kind of a luxury. But he didn't need one with the way that his formula to win seems like Rodney Terry would like a more you know not not traditional big man, but at least he's like he wants more size. He wants obviously more length and more size uh, in the post. He wants some guys who actually can match up. When he has to place a team that's got traditional posts and traditional big men. So, I mean, I think Ronnie Terry's offense ain't going to be a problem, I don't think, this year at all. Yeah. I mean, offense, they're going to be able to light it up. Well, they got if, he can be an, score, if, if he can be an anchor on defense, uh, one of your anchors blocking some shots. Yeah, that's what I say. Great. Defense, I, but man, offense, they got a lot of guys that can score. Yeah, I think you're right about the defense. <laughs> well, and that's where a guy like a Theo Hunter, uh, or Horton, I should say, and then. Uh, also, we got to see Ch- uh, Kendall Reaver off the bench. He had a nice putback dunk in that game, scored seven points. Those two guys are a little longer because I think one of your, your concerns is that they're smallish at guard, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive end with Max Acemas and Tyrese yeah. Hunter. Both are superior athletes, but, uh, yeah, against bigger guards, uh, they could have a hard time on the defensive end. Uh, you still have Brock C- Cunningham. Ty went to Westlake. Didn't you go to school with Brock Cunningham? Like, isn't Good he your Lord. same grade or something, Ty? Uh, he went to kindergarten with some of my friends then somehow ended up <laughs> three grades below me once we were in high school. So, uh, how does he keep doing? How old is Brock? Do we know how old I, is Brock? He's, I honestly think he's my, like he's my, he's 24 or 25. I think like, you I'm, might be I'm right, 25 though, about to be 26, but I would definitely, like, I was friends with him in high school. Yes. And in college. So, and he's still there. Wow. Smooth operator, baby. Hey, Getting a bunch of degrees, balling out. No, I'm, I'm with him. Good for you, brother. Make a career out of it if you can. Yeah, he'll go be a, you know, he's not going to play in the NBA, but he's going to get to his school paid for, probably go to get an MBA. I see. He's probably already working on his master's or something. Has to. He's been there forever. <laughs> right. If not, what's he doing? Uh, enjoying himself, E. Enjoying himself. Uh, you know what I'm I mean? Sure That's he's what kind he's of popular doing. with the co-eds, too. I'm sure what? he does okay Come with that. Come on, man. All right. So, yeah, that was uh, good to see. Longhorns off to a 1-0 start. They'll host Delaware State. Delaware State. I'm going to have to ask my brother. My brother lives in the state of Delaware. I don't even know where Delaware State is. I know where Delaware is. Mm. The Blue Hens. The Blue. Is that really what it is? The Blue Hens. Yeah, that's home of uh, Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco. Yeah, there we go. yeah, Joe Flacco. I like how everybody knows it just for Joe Flacco. I'm sure Blue there's Hens. somebody else there that's so famous. Joe Flacco, the most famous person. Delaware? Delaware's... Probably. <laughs> but I don't know where probably. Delaware State is. That's, I mean, because, again, the whole state of Delaware is like three counties. It's a tiny little thing. <laughs> Can't be far. Uh, nothing's far away. Uh, in that state. But uh, that's who they'll play on Friday night. And Texas women will open with Southern on Wednesday. So hoops is going on. I don't I mean, the last week we had this uh, the big story about Victor Wenbanyama uh, and his great game. Of course, oh, had that uh, 38-point game against Phoenix. The Spurs. They, see, I they think gave up 150 points last night. I think they allowed the – it was the most points that a Popovich-coached Spurs team had allowed by halftime since he's been the head coach. Listen to the quarter like total. I think it was like 80-something points, 86 points. 44 in the first quarter, 42 in the second. <laughs> yeah, it was 86 points. It was the most points. 86 <laughs> points. I would, you know what? I would Something love to tells see. me they didn't show up. I just want to see Pop's face. 
during the whole first half. That would have been great to say pop cam, to see his face and the looks that he's given his team when they allow 44 and 42 points in the first two quarters of that game. Oh, I bet pop was in rare form, man. Hey, rare uh, form. What was the thing when we were growing up? It was the NBA. It's fantastic. Regular it season fantastic. basketball in the NBA. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. Uh, well, ain't no defense being played. 152. Man. Against Wimby, too. Wimby. Well, if you're a Pacers fan and you Wimby came to alone. see Wimby, you feel good. Your team scored a buck 50, and uh, you got to see Wembanyama, who true. scored 13 points at 10. I, think he, man, I guess he had a couple of blocks. I guess it didn't matter. They must have lit it up from three point range. I didn't even see the stats. I'm going to assume at least 20 made three pointers or something like that. Yeah. When you hit, you score that many. Points. I'll check, but I will yeah. say that was the 300th, or excuse me, 900th career victory for one Rick Carlisle. Maverick fans still Damn. have an affinity for Rick Carlisle, who yeah, won a championship true. with the Mavs. And I should mention the Mavs are off to a 6-1 and one start, uh, playing better. They didn't do like a huge, significant move in the offseason except for re-signing Kyrie Irving. Hey. But they're off to a really good start to that the is, year. That was a big move for them. It was. Because, honestly, Kyrie's in, he's an investment, and you've got to be all in as an organization because he's, um, he's a certain type of personality. But he's been type. great with the Mavs. He I will say that. Awesome. He's been great. That's been, and, and Grant yeah, Williams, that signing in the offseason has been huge. He's He's been a, a, a big difference maker so far this season. And Derek Lively, they're one of their first-round picks, has been the starting center. Yeah, he's been great. And, yeah, I mean, he against Wimbayama, he kind of contained him in that game. So I, and he, uh, and he I'm keeps your guy off the floor. He keeps the guy you hate Dwight off Powell. the floor, right? The, Dwight Powell. Everybody hates Dwight Powell. We're hard. He's always complaining but, uh, about Dwight Powell. We complain about Dwight Powell. Well, the, the more lively plays, the less Dwight Powell plays. Uh, the Mavs' six and one uh, record to begin the season is tied for the second best start through seven games in team history. Hey now. Uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, uh, tied for that is the o four o five start where they actually started seven and one, and the o two o three start where they started seven and zero, and they ended up starting fourteen and zero that year actually. O two o three. Apparently, my brother in Delaware is listening on the text line. Let hey. us know that Dover, Delaware State's in Dover, Delaware. Dover. Also, home of the, also home of the racetrack where they have the, uh, Dover. the NASCAR Isn't race that the capital? in Dover, Delaware. Uh, don't test me on that. Most famous Delawarean, according to my brother, is George Thorogood, followed by the U.S. President, Joe Biden. Ah, <laughs> put, Joe, put George Thorogood ahead of For the Joe president. Biden. <laughs> That's got to be personal. <laughs> no, he's, just, uh, he's a rock and roll guy. Yeah, okay. Thorough good. There you go. I think Joe Biden's more well known. Probably so. <laughs> yeah, he's, he lives, he's neighbors with my brother. Lynn lived far away. Oh, and that he is. down yeah. the road. Okay. No, so it is personal because he knows the other guy. Yeah. He's right down <laughs> the road. Right down the road. Yeah. Hey, so uh, so that's going on. Little hoops, little football, too much football. There's a lot going on. The football cup runneth over this morning. Got the Longhorns. Uh, do we think there'll be – there was no change in the top nine in the AP top 25 this year, this week, Rod. Uh, do we think there'll be any change? Anything happen this what weekend that's going to change the, the college football playoff rankings? I don't believe yeah. so. Um, where was Oklahoma ranked in the last college football playoff rankings? Were they in? They were nine, nine or something. So that'll They'll change. Drop. That'll change. And how much? How much leap does Oklahoma State get out of that? That's one? a great point. Was Oklahoma State even ranked? No, they weren't. Right? They were not. They were. Just, no, no, they, they were. were not. I think they, they were. Like, I think they were. They like were twenty three or something. They were yeah. twenty two. Oh, I take that back. Yeah, they then. were twenty two okay. last so week. They'll leap up into the mid teens potentially. You would think. On, what about Ohio State? You know, uh, no, well, they were one. I think they'll yeah. be one again. Now no, they were trailing mm-hmm. Rutgers at the half, and it's nine to seven. Yeah, they won't leapfrog them. Georgia. I, I mean, Georgia beat Missouri by nine. I mean, Missouri's a you know top fifteen team. I guess I could um, if you want to do that. Uh, Michigan, as we told you, they've been uh, sent a letter. Your, the lawyers are 
are coming after it, they're going to, to be punished at some yeah. level. We don't know what that's going to well, be. they got to play Penn State. That's going to be big this week. That's yeah, I mean, if big. you're Jim Harbaugh, you just keep your head down. The other thing, Michigan's going to lawyer up like crazy, and they're going to stall this thing. Oh, yeah, Michigan's um, already threatened legal action. For sure. If, if they suspend Harbaugh. They're so, lawyering up big time. I, I told you guys, this is going to end up in a courtroom anyway. This is going to well, end no up. Well, no matter what <laughs> happens, it's going to be bad for college football because if Michigan goes on to win the national championship, you know, you could be looking, depending on how severe this, this gets – and how much is gleaned? I mean, because it could just be at this point the piling on, but at the same time, the the evidence doesn't look good for Michigan. Uh, it looks terrible. Are you going to suspend him before they play in a championship game? Yeah, that's the question. Because the Big Ten championship, they look like they might be on the collision. Well, look, we wonder if, it, and we'll pick this up next hour after bullish or BS, and we can actually make it a topic. You wonder if the Big Ten, because they've got you know four new schools joining next year. I mean, Tony Batiti's trying to establish his leadership as the head of that conference. You know, suspend them for a few games, and even if you get sued, fight it. Uh, but at least you did something. You may lose, yeah. but at the same time, at least you're fighting for the rest of the schools under the sportsmanship policy. Let the lawyers battle it out, because I would assume he'll run quickly for an injunction yeah. so he won't actually be suspended. Because they'll probably do process, due right. process, right. due process. Uh, but yeah. the, 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 and, and, you know, we, we know last week they had the conference call with all the coaches and some ADs, and they want something done now. So if you're Petiti, you could, knowing it's going to end up like a, a pickleball in court, yeah, yeah. and Jim Harbaugh will probably be able to go ahead and coach the team but until it's like you done. Said, at least you make the statement. Yeah, at least as a commissioner, you yeah. said, no, no, we, 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 we acted. Here. We acted. Yeah. Uh, kind of knowing the outcome, and as usual, as my brother listens in Delaware, the, win, the lawyers will all win. Uh, oh, of course they will. They're on retainer. Uh, they're going to get uh, overtime, time and a half. Lots of hours, baby. Loving Lots of hours. This, man. Loving it. No doubt about it. But, you, no, you're right about that. I think ultimately they would – I think the Big Ten would like the NCAA investigation to wrap up sooner rather than later. There's no – I mean, they move at a glacier-like pace. They could get this thing wrapped up before the Big Ten championship. I don't know, but recent history tells you the NCAA is going to take their time. Yeah. With this. So uh, you don't want to wait on that. I think if they wait on them, then the due process argument by Jim Harbaugh in Michigan wouldn't hold as much weight. Because they'd be like, well, what due process? Well, the NCAA done with their investigation, and so is the Big Ten. Yeah. What process well, are you waiting on here? Well, again. He wants to take it to court. <laughs> but, but, but we understand that the NCAA is on its last leg. And, um, you know, this is the Big Ten. It's a Big Ten issue. I think eventually the conferences are going to take over control of their conferences, mm-hmm. and they're going to lead with that. But uh, we'll see. Uh, at least the letter's been sent. There is some type of discipline coming. Uh, for Michigan, and that's part of the uh, you know, the process. You have to send a letter that hey, we're gonna you're gonna get punished, uh, just mm-hmm. so you know. The red tape, baby. Yeah, uh, we will we'll reset that. Coming back, bullish and BS for the top of the hour. Reset the headlines. Longhorns getting healthy, maybe at a good time. And could Quinn yours be coming back in time for the game Saturday night? We'll get the very latest on that. At least an indication on social media that maybe he's ready to be freed. We'll talk about it. Hook him up with Ian Robbie. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, talking Longhorn football, their place in the uh, big picture of college football, certainly three games to go in the regular season, and then a possible Big 12 championship game appearance. Time for bullish or BS, Rod Babers. So can I play you something, and then we can discuss it for bullish or BS on the opinion? Yes, sir. This is uh, Reese Davis. We know Reese Davis, right? Longtime mm-hmm. uh, college football Show host on ESPN, a knowledgeable college football guy. He, uh, on a podcast yesterday, had this to say, believes the Longhorns coming out of their survival game over K-State were the biggest winner in college football coming out of week, uh, week 10 or 11, whichever one last weekend was. Here's Reese Davis and his reason for it, and then we'll debate bullish or BS. Texas is going to the college football playoff. 
And I think they all but secured a spot. I know there's a, there's a very specific scenario that might keep them out. But I think they have basically secured a spot because the last team that could beat them did not. They survived a scare, and everything has fallen in place now because the remainder of their schedule, they're incapable of beating them. And in my judgment, barring a, a horrific performance from Texas, and then in the championship game, the teams that will likely be there, Oklahoma State most likely to be there, I don't think is suited to beat them because you're not going to run on them. So I think Texas had a gargantuan weekend and is really uh, very, very close, despite the one loss, to have, having secured a spot in the college football playoff. All right, Rod Bullish or BS on that comment from Reese Davis mm. uh, from College Football Land. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's BS, but I'm not bullish on it. He seems really cocky and arrogant about they uh, see even if Texas takes care of business, that there won't even be a scenario outside their control that would keep them from the playoffs, which that could easily happen, actually. <laughs> uh, you know I mean? That could be a scenario that keeps Texas out of the playoffs, depending on what happens with Florida State and Washington, and we know the SEC and the Big Ten. So that could happen. Um, Texas got to take care of business. Longhorn fans I don't think will be as arrogant and cocky as he is because they know if Malik goes out there next game, anything could happen, especially if he turns the football over. So Longhorn fans are confident, um, but I don't think they're cocky. He's cocky. Uh, yeah, he's. You I'm, know, not, were, I'm not. I'm not cocky, but I'm confident. Well, and again, I agree. Saying, he says it's a done deal. He's basically they're in the playoff already. Basically, yeah. his odds. Because I'm, my, I mean, look, like, they very well could win four more games and be Big Twelve champions. But you know, would, would the committee put them in over a one loss Ohio State team whose one yes, loss was at Michigan? You know, Oregon um, and you know, Washington. And, yeah, well, yes. and Oregon's a one loss team already, so they can't lose again. Uh, Alabama. I mean, you know, will will Texas? And I know Longhorn fans have already posed this. Will Longhorn forever own scoreboard over that win, even if they both end up as one-loss teams and conference champions? Uh, you know, thinking, what, what about if Alabama wins out and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game? And then you got one-loss Georgia, one-loss yeah. Alabama, okay. Texas. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if Oregon wins out, Oregon's a one-loss team, and then they're a Pac-12 champion. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could, it could get really murky and ugly down the stretch. So, I agree that Texas has avoided the biggest pitfalls so far, and they've played their way into this position. But, like I said, he's way too cocky. He's like, done deal. They're in. I'm like, whoa. Uh, there's a lot that could happen. Even if they do, like you said, take care of business, there's some things outside of their control that could happen and throw this thing well, off. I, and I just know the, big, the SEC is going to have a representative, whether it's a one-loss yes. SEC team so or not. So the Big Ten. And so will the Big Ten. <laughs> so that's two spots already gone. And if Florida State doesn't <laughs> lose, the ACC has one. So They're now there's in. one spot. Yeah. And then the Pac-12, we don't know how this is going to work out. But then it's a one-loss beauty pageant. Uh, that's just Now, look, Texas' win over Alabama still is massive. Oh, no doubt. It's a massive victory. Totally agree. They, I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but I'm saying it'll be a debate. It's, yeah. not, it's not a foregone well, conclusion. You know, that's, that's, I want to say clickbait because that wasn't a click. That was on a podcast. But at the same time, they he were knows. picking winners and losers from the weekend. Yeah. But, you know, that's going to get Texas fans Texas fired up. Texas was a big winner considering Oklahoma loss. And but I, I, yeah. I agree with you. It's somewhere between bullish and BS. I mean, I, I can see his point. But it's not a guarantee at this point, even if they win out, which I think winning out is – I do agree with him that if they get to play Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game, you know, you Texas is built to stop Ollie Gordon. It's a good matchup And if Texas. you stop Ollie Gordon, you have a good chance to beat Texas Tech. Yep. 
But Mike Gundy, hey. he's been Texas kryptonite at I times. Would say, Mike Gundy going to come in here and break tendency. Y'all know he is. Mike Gundy will come in and turn, turn that team into an air raid team overnight. <laughs> Ali Gordon, though, with like 10 carries. Like, what the hell happened? Like, Mike Gundy breaking tendency. You know what he's doing, David. So, I don't know. As I said, and we got to face Mike Gundy. He way too cocky about that, too. Yeah. Hey, man. Reese Davis has the Longhorns in the Final Four on a November 7th morning. Hey, so I'm happy about it, but I said, I'm not cocky about that. Uh, what say you on that conversation? Bullish or BS? Longhorns, according to Reese Davis, a virtual lock Done. to be in. They're in. Make your plans. Get your hotel yeah, Longhorn fans have preserved. Watched, Longhorn <laughs> fans have watched the last month with their uh, covering their <laughs> eyes at times. <laughs> you better a 21-point <laughs> lead on U uh, of H. It needs a goal line game-winning stand. Uh, and then same thing against K-State. You need a uh, game-winning goal line stand to beat them, too. And you're up, what, yeah. 20 points? Yeah. yeah, 20 points. So, there you go. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, Longhorn fans have watched this last month like they're driving on I-35 in rush <laughs> exactly. hour. It's like <laughs> white knuckles, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Uh, thank you, Reese Davis. Good conversation started there. We'll pick up the headlines coming up. And it looks like uh, Rod's got some burn orange curtain conversation here from Sark from his Monday availability. We're loaded on Austin's only local morning sports conversation. It's here on the Horn.